Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's podcast is a follow-up from earlier this week with the book Attached. I did an overview of the book, it was brief, but I wanted to get more into the nitty-gritty of attachment. A quick recap. You first have to look into what your attachment style is to start to change things in your relationship or what relationships you choose. So if you look at your own attachment style, you fall under one of these categories. Secure attachment, which is someone that feels secure enough in their relationship to be intimate and to be close, but they can also have their autonomy and they don't get really anxious when people in the relationship go in and do their own thing. Uh, so it's a it's a really healthy way to be in a relationship and it typically comes from people that are raised in families where their caregivers meet their needs, they're predictable, they're able to emotionally connect with their children. The other forms of attachment are anxious attachment, which is categorized by someone who feels at any time that they could be abandoned. So they look for a lot of reassurance in the relationship. They tend to want to get close to people, have great intimacy, but also may be a little jealous or clingy if they have any signs that their partner may be leaving them, whether it's real or imagined. And then you have the avoidant attachment, which is someone that is hard to get to know because they don't really show their vulnerable side. They keep their relationships at arm's length. They need a lot of alone time and autonomy in the relationship. And then very rarely you have a mix of anxious and attached. I looked up the statistics for what percentage of people they think are secure, anxious, avoidant, and a mix. So the best data I could find is about 50% of the population has a secure attachment. 25% of the population has an anxious attachment 20% has an avoidant, and 5% has that mixed avoidant anxious attachment. So if that's true, maybe half of us that are listening have either an anxious or avoidant attachment. One thing I really wanted to cover in this episode is if you discover you have either an avoidant or an anxious attachment, how can you find a partner that is a secure attachment because they did some research and obviously the couples that last the longest are secure attachments, but you don't have to have a secure attachment with another secure attachment. They find relationships work better if even one partner has a secure attachment. And because that one partner has that secure attachment, it rubs off on the other partner. So that's some good news. Bad news is in this book, they talked about how a lot of the dating pool is filled with avoidant attachment because 
they often cycle back into the dating pool more and more frequently because their relationships are not lasting as long because of the tendency to push people away or find flaws in people. So let's get into some of the nitty gritty of behaviors that may let your attachment system get the best of you and keep you perpetually choosing wrong partners, how we recognize that behavior and change it. First off, we want to be able to crack other people's attachment style. If you're out in the dating world and you're looking for that secure attachment, what are the things you're looking for? Well, secure people are typically reliable and consistent. They make decisions with you. They have a flexible view of relationships, communicates relationship issues well. They can reach compromise during arguments, not afraid of commitment or dependency. They don't view relationships as hard work and their closeness creates further closeness. They introduce you to friends and family early on, and they naturally express feelings to you. So those are all green lights. So if we are looking at an avoidant person, what are they doing? How do we know they're avoidant? They are sending mixed signals. Like one second, they're really nice to you or complimenting you, and they want to get close. The next minute, they're leaving you on red or pushing you away. So it's very confusing. Oftentimes, people mistake this for love because they grew up in a family that gave them mixed signals or their caregivers did not fill their emotional needs. So this mimics what they grew up with. Other avoidance signals are they value their independence greatly. They devalue you or they devalue previous partners. So listen to them talk about their previous partners and that will give you some insight. They use distancing strategies, either emotionally or physically. They really emphasize boundaries in the relationship and boundaries are good, but maybe they're strict, inflexible boundaries. So they may have a very unrealistic romantic view of how relationships should be. There's mistrust, fear of being taken advantage of by the person they're dating. Again, avoidant people have a very rigid view of relationships and they're uncompromising with rules. During disagreements, they need to get away or they explode with anger. They don't make their intentions clear. So those are some avoidant characteristics. And remember, if you are in the dating pool, you might see more of these avoidance styles out there. Now, what is an anxious attachment style and how are these people characterized? So you may pick up on an anxious attachment if someone wants to be really close really fast. They want a lot of closeness in the relationship. They express insecurities or really worry about being rejected. They are very unhappy when they're not in relationships. So these people are relationship people. They play games in order to keep your attention. They have difficult 
de explaining what's bothering them and expects you to mind read or guess. They often act out in the relationship. They have a hard time not making things about themselves in the relationship, so they take things really personally. They let you set the tone for the relationship. They are preoccupied with the relationship, so they think about it a lot. They fear that small acts will ruin the relationship and believe they must do hard work to keep your interest. So let's dive more into the anxious style and what are the activating strategies, those thoughts and feelings that compel the anxious attachment to seek closeness with their partner. They're thinking about their partner and they have very hard time concentrating on anything else. They remember only their partner's good qualities and put them up on a pedestal. So one way to break this is to recognize that people have lots of different sides to them, good and bad. So remember, it helps to take them down from that pedestal. And remember, they're human. They make mistakes. They're not perfect. Another activating strategy is when... You are anxious without your partner, but once they come back into contact with you, your anxiety starts to go away. So one way to combat this is to reassure yourself or sit with that anxiety, that uncomfortable feeling a little longer before you act upon it. Another activating strategy is believing that this is your only chance for love. Like no one else is out there for you. This is the perfect person for you. And it will take you years to find someone new. Uh, So challenge these thoughts that there are other people out there that you would be compatible with, that you would find a life with, and that you may find someone pretty quickly. So with anxious attachment, there are some protesting behaviors that will let your attachment system get the best of you and maybe not be helpful for your relationship. Those would be things like excessive attempts to reestablish contact. So you're calling, texting, emailing many times over, waiting for that phone call, maybe even going to your partner's place of work if they're not responding. So this can push someone away. Or there's behaviors like withdrawing. So sitting silently engrossed in a paper or literally turning your back on your partner, not speaking to them, talking to other people and ignoring them. Also not a strategy that brings you closer. Another one is keeping score. So you're kind of running this tally in your head of, you know, how long did it take my partner to return my phone call? And how long is it taking me? So, you know, hey, they are acting in a way that is not in line with how I am. So I'm keeping score on their actions and almost like, hey, I'm winning in this relationship and they're not doing enough. Another protesting behavior is acting hostile, which could include rolling your eyes when they speak to you, looking away, leaving the room, or just having angry outbursts. Another protesting behavior is threatening to leave. 
when you're not getting along, telling the partner, I can't do this anymore, or I'd be better off without you, or actually leaving the house. And this can lead to a lot of threats, a lot of threats that don't make you feel secure in the relationship. Another one is manipulation. So that could be anything from acting busy or unapproachable, ignoring phone calls, saying you have plans when you don't. So this is that kind of game playing. Also, another protesting behavior is making your partner feel jealous or trying to. So making plans to get together with an ex for lunch, going out with friends to a single bar, telling your partner about someone who hit on you. So these are um, also can fall under manipulation. Now the point of protesting behaviors is that the person is trying to actually reestablish contact with their partner and get their attention. But Both protesting behaviors and activating strategies can cause you to act in ways that are harmful to the relationship. And the bottom line is, if you're an anxious attachment, you definitely should not be dating someone who is avoidant because you basically want closeness and intimacy and they want to maintain distance and emotionally and physically be separate. As an anxious person, you are sensitive to any signs of rejection and avoidance send a lot of mixed signals that come across as rejecting. And as an anxious, you find it hard to tell them directly what you need or what's bothering you. So effective communication is hard and you use these protesting behaviors instead. And avoidant people are really bad at reading verbal and nonverbal cues They don't think it's their responsibility to know what you're thinking or feeling. So this often is not a good combo. And because you're anxious, you want to be reassured and loved. And the avoidant tends to put people down or create distance to maintain their deactivated attachment system. So unfortunately, these two often come together, the anxious and avoidant. It's It's not all bad. If both of you work on yourselves and recognize your patterns, you can work towards, you know, solving it if if that's your desire. Um, But it would take two people probably working on themselves to get the desired results. So if you're anxious, definitely if you're out there in the dating pool, try to find someone secure because you will get more of that closeness, intimacy, reassurance that you need. So what about those avoidant people out there? They actually really want love and closeness, but it's just hard for them. And they use deactivating strategies to kind of push people away because they're underneath really scared of getting close to someone because they don't want to get hurt. And these deactivating strategies look like saying things like, I'm not ready to commit but staying together with someone for sometimes even years, even though they're, they're kind of saying, I don't want to commit, but they're, they're staying around. So again, these mixed signals. They also focus on small imperfections in their partners, the way they talk, dress, eat, you know, whatever. They're always like picking them apart and noticing all their flaws. 
but hey, we all have flaws, so get over it, right? They may flirt with other people as a harmful way to introduce insecurities into the relationship. They may pine after an ex-partner. So this is the phantom ex scenario where, you know, they broke up with someone in the past, but yet when they think about them, they paint them as this perfect person because they're not around to prove otherwise. So they can kind of make them as this perfect person. So they may hold back words of affection, like saying, I love you. And they also oddly pull away when things are going really well. So when that closeness happens, they get scared and pull away. They form relationships with impossible futures. For example, a long distance relationship where the closeness doesn't have to be established. They may check out mentally when you're talking to them. They keep secrets or leave things really foggy to maintain their feeling of independence. And they avoid physical closeness, not wanting to share the same bed or cuddle. So if you are an avoidant and you see these deactivating strategies in your relationship and you don't know about them, you can realize you're doing them and do the opposite. Try to try to make yourself uncomfortable. Get close. Challenge yourself because they are really standing in the way of you being happy in your relationship. So what can you do instead of pulling away? You can first learn to identify your deactivating strategy and hey, don't act on your impulses to pull back. You can de-emphasize self-reliance and focus on support. So, hey, ask for help. Get your partner to support you in ways that make you feel a little scared and needy. You also can find a secure partner that will rub off on you. Because remember, if you're in a partnership where one is secure, those tendencies do rub off on you. You can be aware of your tendencies to misinterpret behavior. So maybe you gain clarity on what your partner says or does, ask them questions, up your communication skill with a great therapist. That's helpful. Another strategy is to make a relationship gratitude list. Remind yourself on a daily basis that you love your partner and what they do for you because as an avoidant you may have a tendency to think negatively or pick out the flaws so making a list of what's wonderful about your partner is helpful to think of them in a more positive way and you want to get rid of that silly phantom x fantasy where you idealize that one special person um acknowledge That everyone has flaws, even that person you may fantasize about that's perfect and really challenge those thoughts when they come about. Also, a lot of things avoidance do is they think they're going to find this one perfect person one day. Um, And you need to forget about finding the one because we're compatible with a lot of people. Um, So, you know, your one soulmate isn't out there, but maybe focus on 
your current relationship and what is great about it. Also, adopt the distraction strategy. As an avoidant, it's easy to get close to your partner if there is a distraction. So (laughs) that is kind of a funny thing about avoidance. If they're doing something like going on a hike, going sailing, preparing a meal together, that causes the avoidant to let down their guard and start sharing more. And that is actually a really good strategy to help open them up. So I just wanted to get into the nitty gritty of avoidant and anxious attachment styles and some things you can look out for and realize about yourself if you have a tendency one way or the other and start to look at your own patterns because it starts with yourself, not your partner. (laughs) If you change things within yourself, the relationship will naturally change or you'll realize you're in an unhealthy relationship and you need to get out. That is a personal decision, but hey, I want you to know as much as you can about yourself and make the best decisions possible. So hopefully you enjoyed this week's part two to Attached, which is a great book you should pick up. I, again, I highly recommend it. Have a great week and I'll see you next week on the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel.